I want to welcome you to day three of our look through 1 Samuel. We're looking at chapters one through three this week. And today we're going to focus on how you model to those around you, those people that you love, how to love with a clear heart, with an open heart. Yesterday we talked about the fact that the first thing you have to do is you have to get your love in order. The second thing you got to do is you got to get your life in line. You have to get your life in line with God's word, God's directions. You got to model God's word in your life. Now, you're not perfect. You're never going to be a perfect model. None of us are perfect, but you can be a model of growth, of God's word, of God at work in your life. And I want to show you today a couple of very simple things you can do, especially in the life of children, that can make a huge difference. These will make a difference in the life of everybody that's around you. Get your life in line. To encourage an open heart, you have to, an exempl- you have to exemplify, to show an open heart. And Hannah especially exemplifies just that. As you look at her first experiences with Samuel, there are two very practical keys here to exemplifying this open heart that she helps us to understand. What do you need to do as a parent, particularly? We're focusing on that because Hannah's a parent, but also you can do this in any relationship that helps other people to have an open heart before God. Well, as a parent, the lesson here, number one is of the two, is your children need to hear you pray. Now, this is true if you're a businessman, this is true if you're a spiritual leader, this is true in a friendship. If you want to help people to have an open heart before God, they need to hear you pray. They need to hear you open your heart before God. What I'm saying is this, having them say bedtime prayers as children doesn't teach them nearly so much as allowing them to hear you pray prayers. It's good to have them pray prayers, but they also need to hear you pray. The heartfelt prayer is the ultimate expression of an open heart before God. It says, God, I need you. Lord, I care about others. Father, I depend on you all at once. And Hannah prays prayers that help us to understand how you and I can pray in front of our children. Prayers that praise God. Prayers that are honest about our hurts and our needs. Prayers that express our dependence on him. I want you to listen with me to this prayer that starts at the end of chapter one and goes into chapter two. Chapter one, verse 27 I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And then in chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, she continues to pray this long and beautiful prayer. Listen to this prayer of Hannah. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman has now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave and he raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and he lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones. The wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. 
Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. This is an amazing prayer. This prayer that Hannah prayed, it shaped Samuel's life. Even as his life is beginning, she doesn't know what's going to happen. She's praying about anointing others. She's praying about kings. God gave her insight in this prayer. And can you just imagine Samuel later in his life as he writes down the history of Israel, writing down this prayer of his mother, this prayer that had so shaped, so influenced him. It's an amazing prayer. It reminds you, if you've read the New Testament in some ways, of the prayer that Mary prayed when Jesus was born. Both of those prayers have to do with God raising up the humble. Now, this prayer shaped Samuel's heart. And you're listening to this prayer thinking, oh, great, I can't pray prayers like that. I have nothing in me that could pray a prayer like that. How am I going to do this? Well, I encourage you, start simple. Do not try to pray a prayer like Hannah from the very beginning. This is a very important moment in history, and I think God came upon her in a very unusual way. Just start simple. The greatest opportunity you have for praying in front of your kids, your family, is when you pray before meals, praying grace. Those few minutes before a meal can truly open the door to an open heart. But many times, we don't pray at all. If we do pray, we just pray the same thing over and over and over and over again. If you'll take a few minutes to think about what you're praying and express a heartfelt dependence on God and love for God in that prayer, that lets your heart be seen. Instead of praying, God is good, thank you, God, thank you for this food, and then you're done every time, God, thanks for this day. Or Lord, we're dependent on you for this struggle. Or Lord, thanks that you helped my child with this today. Chuck Swindoll in his book, The Home Where Life Makes Up Its Mind, gives four real practical uh, examples for how to pray before a meal. He says, number one, you think before you pray, because if you don't, you'll just pray the same thing over and over again. Number two, you involve others in prayer. You let other people pray. Number three, you occasionally sing your blessing. That's good for some homes. Maybe your family can't sing. I don't know. But number four, and most importantly, you keep it brief, just short prayers. Your children need to see you pray. If you're a Christian businessman, if you're a spiritual leader in any way, those that you lead need to see you pray. That's one of the keys to seeing your open heart before God. Second thing is your children need to see you keep your word. This is true in business. This is true in any leadership position. Those you are leading need to see you keep your word. Hannah kept her word. First Samuel 1.11, she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, you'll only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, all the days of his life. And she kept that word. She did as God had called her to do. Now, that was very unusual that at such a young age, she would take this child to serve the Lord, but she had a sense of what God wanted to do. God may not ask that of you, but whatever he asks of you, When your children see you keep your word, it means everything. Hannah kept her word to the Lord, and the Lord blessed her because of that. If you read in 1 Samuel 2, 18 to 21, it says there that Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe, and she took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. And then they would go home. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. 
She conceived and she gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Samuel got to see the fact that even though it tore her heart out, she kept her word before God. So you keep your word. You keep your word to your children, and when you can't, you tell them why. Sometimes we say things to our kids that I'll take you to the park and something happens and we can't. You tell them why. You don't just ignore it. But even more importantly here, you let your children see you keeping your word to others even when it hurts. Truth is, you can get away with all kinds of things in this world. And unless your commitment is down on paper or they're willing to take you to court, you might feel like you're getting off scot-free. You didn't have to pay the money. You didn't have to go through that. But your children might have to eventually pay the price. And in those times when you have to keep your word even though it hurts, it hurts. But there's also the opportunity there. You're teaching your kids about what's really important in life. You're keeping your life in line with God's word even though it's difficult for you to do. Two simple things you can do as a leader, starting in the home, starting as a parent. Let people see you pray. Let people see you keep your word. Let's pray for God's strength to do that. Our Father, all these things we're talking about, living this way before you, we can't do it without your strength, Jesus. We need your strength. And so we ask for it. Help us to depend on you in prayer, not depend on ourselves. Give us the strength to have integrity and keep our word, even when it hurts, to trust you that your blessing is going to come. Your blessing is going to come someday. And thank you that through it all, we can live in the presence of God because of your spirit. We can trust in you. And we do right now. We trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk together about the third key to teaching others to live with an open heart. (laughs) 